When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to your Orange and Brown Talk for Wednesday. Doug Maurice, Mary Kay Cabot, and Scott Patsko. We're doing an Orange and Brown Talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. You care about the Steelers if you're a Browns fan. And you care who their next quarterback is going to be. We have talked a lot about Malik Willis. We have talked a lot about the veteran free agents or trade options that might be available. But we've always talked about them within the confines of the Browns. Do they make sense for the Browns? Well, the Browns have Baker Mayfield. Makes a complicated discussion. The Steelers literally have no one. Scott, if they started a game, if they had to play a game tomorrow, it'd be what, Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins? And they don't want that, right? They don't have no one. I mean, that's two, like, actual real people you named there. Look at you. Look at you standing up for Dwayne Haskins. Ohio State fans will appreciate that. Mason Rudolph recently was interviewed and said he's really excited about coming into camp Competing to be the starter what an without inspiration. having a Hall of Famer there. I'll tell you what, Mason Rudolph just continues to be an inspiration to all of us, doesn't he? Oh, Mason. So we don't think that's where they're going. We think they're going to do something else. So Mary Kay, we're going to try to break down what the Steelers might do at quarterback and how that will affect the Browns. And why would we do this, Mary Kay? Because the Steelers drafting of Ben Roethlisberger was frankly was it not one of the 10 most important things that happened to the Cleveland Browns in the last 25 years, or at least one of the 20 most important things, especially when you couple it with the idea of, well, the Browns could have had him and they didn't get him. But if Ben Roethlisberger was a San Francisco 49er, we wouldn't care about Ben Roethlisberger as much. That is, that's why this matters, right? Cause we see what happens when the Steelers get a two decade hall of famer at the most important position on the field. Absolutely. 100%. He was always in the way. He went something like 23 and two and one against the Browns during the regular season. I can't never remember the exact number, but it's right around there. And as you mentioned, the Browns did pass him up in that draft and he was not happy about that. Uh, he, he was born and raised in Ohio, went to Miami university and they decided to draft Kellen Winslow ahead of him. And that stuck in his craw for a good long time. He used it as motivation for many, many of those years. And he just completely dominated the Browns. They could not get past him. And so, yes, what the Steelers do at quarterback significantly impacts the Cleveland Browns, as does what the Bengals did at quarterback in drafting Joe Burrow and what the Ravens did in drafting Lamar Jackson. So this is going to be big news, what happens over there in Pittsburgh. And yes, it will impact the course of the AFC North for years to come. We are going to talk about a few other quarterback things here as we record this Tuesday afternoon, because we, we said, let's, let's talk about Steelers quarterbacks. And then two gigantic things happened with quarterbacks in the NFL on Tuesday. Scott, if we had done this podcast before these two things, I think we would have had to at least briefly 
talk about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, but now we do not need to talk about them for the Steelers because Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay, at least for a year. And Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos. How much would they have been a factor in a Pittsburgh conversation? Or do you feel like those were kind of pie in the sky things for the Steelers anyway? (laughs) It's funny. After the combine, everybody talked about how they came away with the feeling that all these quarterbacks could, uh, could potentially move probably aren't going anywhere. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. He'll be somewhere else, but like everybody else, I think this, the vibe was that's not going to happen. So were either of those guys going to the Steelers? I, I never got the sense that Aaron Rodgers was really leaving green Bay anyways, but Russell Wilson. Sure. That was a possibility. And it turns out he broke up with the Seahawks today. So I think it's good for the Browns. Certainly that he's not going to Pittsburgh and that they're still kind of stuck with Haskins and Rudolph and, you know, quarterback X that they're either going to get probably most likely in the, in, in the draft. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think see Wilson was probably a more realistic option there. I mean, did you guys get that sense? I, I never felt like Rogers was, was really going anywhere. You know what? It was hard to say. I actually thought there was a chance that, that he might end up, in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett, uh, his former assistant coach in, in Green Bay. So I, I wasn't ruling out Aaron Rodgers moving. Now, Aaron Rodgers is so synonymous with Green Bay that it is so hard to imagine a quarterback like that not being with his team. But, I mean, if Tom Brady can leave New England and go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl, then Aaron Rodgers can too. So I, I hadn't ruled it out, especially because he took his good old time. And I'm, of course, I'm sure it was coming down to the money. Uh, it, no matter what anybody says, a lot of times it does come down to the money and the contract. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess I, I was mildly surprised that, that he re-signed with Green Bay. And, um, and it is good for the Browns that they don't have to face him. I mean, could you imagine an AFC North with Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. I mean, that that's that's tough. So, you know, now it's open season over there. We have no idea who their quarterback is going to be in 2022. And as of right now, uh, Baker Mayfield is still at least uh, not at the bottom of the barrel in terms of quarterbacks in the AFC North. And it was a big haul that the Seahawks got in this deal too, right? Two number ones, two number twos, I think a fifth rounder. Drew Locke. Noah Fant. Yeah, Noah Fant. Um, Who was a first-round pick a couple years ago. Yeah, um, defensive end. And then, you know, they, they just sent a fourth-rounder with Wilson, and that's it. So they got a lot, but I don't know that you're looking like Drew Locke being your quarterback for 2022. The fans are probably not excited about that. Well, I think we can look at – we'll get to that very shortly about the teams picking ahead of the Steelers who might take a quarterback and affect what the Steelers do. They're at 20 right now. But before – We do move on to that. Russell Wilson did move. Russell Wilson was available. And Russell Wilson supposedly had this list of teams that he was interested in going to. But I would imagine if he had been traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers today, Browns fans would be freaking out, right? They would be very worried about that. So Mary Kay, when you look at this, again, it's quarterback Drew Locke, who's just like a throw-in guy. Tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two ones, two twos. And that's basically the deal for Russell Wilson. Should the Steelers... Or the Browns have made an offer that big for Russell Wilson, or is that too extravagant? Two twos, two ones, 
Plus, like if you're trading for Russell Wilson, you don't need your own quarterback. So Drew Locke, no offense to you, you don't matter. But two other players, so two ones, two twos, and two players that help you. Does that feel like a gigantic thing that Denver gave up here? You know, it does. But if they end up with a Super Bowl, who cares? You know, I mean, I, I, I feel like picks and players are currency and your ultimate aim is to win a Super Bowl. And if you really feel like uh, you can land the quarterback that's going to get you there, then go for it. Do it. And and yes, I would I, I would have uh, completely supported a decision for the Browns to do something like that. And, um, you know, who knows? They may have. I'm sure they did their due diligence. Let's put it this way. I am sure that they did their due diligence on Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. They had to. We've been talking about that for a long time. They had to do that. You can't have an opportunity at a Super Bowl winning quarterback and uh, the reigning MVP without doing some of your due diligence. Now, I mean, maybe what if they checked into uh, Russell Wilson and they found out right from the start he will he does not want to play in Cleveland. He he had his list. but what if they knew right from the start? Nope, he, he does not want to do this. So then you just don't take it to the next step. Uh, you know, same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he had certain conditions or places or whatever. And uh, or, you know, the money. I mean, the money is enormous, too. Obviously, we're going to find out more about that over the next uh, day or two. But I, I think the Browns knew early on that it was going to be cost prohibitive in terms of the extension and the compensation in a trade for them to get one of those elite guys. Having said that, I wouldn't be surprised if they looked into it. So, so there's three players that, that were sent to the Seahawks in this deal, right? Obviously the quarterback. So if the Browns had done this, clearly Baker would be going to Seattle, right? And then yep. a tight end. So I guess you're probably saying Joku before they – tagged him just from right. a contract perspective. I don't think they have an equivalent of Shelby Harris, uh, and who has significant starting experience. I'm not sure who that third player would be. Obviously not miles Garrett. Um, I don't think Porter Gustin rises to that level. How about like, what if it would have been like Grant Delpit instead, like a, a starting defensive player? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to think, right. I mean, I'm not going to make, you're not going to throw miles Garrett yeah. or JOK in there. No, no. Because we're so we're trying to figure out Baker Mayfield, David and Joku, Grant Delpit, two ones and two twos. Do you do that for Russell Wilson? You know, it, it's hard. It's hard to to want to give all of that up because they have really high hopes for both of those good young players, David and Joku and Grant Delpit. I think they see big things ahead for both of them. Uh, but once again, you, I, I do believe that you can replace almost any other position. But if you get yourself the franchise quarterback, then you are golden. And if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, although he did have a nice supporting cast offensively in terms of his wide receiving core, and he did have a running game, he was able to overcome a porous offensive line. And that's what a good quarterback can do. He can elevate the play around him and do some things that can cover up. A good quarterback is, as Kevin Stefanski might say, deodorant for uh, whatever else ails you. So, um, so I, I would, I would go ahead and uh, do whatever it takes to get an elite elite quarterback, like an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady or a Russell Wilson. And I still would make that pitch for Tom Brady. I'm on record as saying it. 
and I would still do that. Scott, would that be too much for you? Would you give up Delpit and Joku Baker two ones and two twos for Russell Wilson? I would do it. The Browns wouldn't do it because they're thinking sustained success. And I think giving up all those picks really puts a dent in that. Um, yeah, you certainly uh, improve your prospects for this year and the next year. Um, but giving up picks like that, I, I don't have any problem getting rid of the players in that deal, but uh, I'm not sure that the Browns would pull the trigger on a deal like that. Just too many assets. You'd have to figure out how you're getting some receivers in a different way. If you trade away your two ones and two twos. So, um, okay. So those guys are on the move. They are not coming to Cleveland and they are not coming to Pittsburgh. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the veteran options for the Steelers. And then we'll talk about some of the draft options next on the orange and Brown talk podcast. Doug, Mary Kay, and Scott, listen, we're, we're thinking about this from like a danger perspective, right? Like what would make a Browns fan get worried if the Steelers got a guy? We have run through this, Mary Kay, when we did the Mayfield Matrix. We've all talked about it in terms of the Browns. So Wilson and Rodgers were in a class of their own. But when you get to the Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan kind of thing, we know the Deshaun Watson situation is very complicated. I guess we throw Mitch Trubisky, although he was a backup last year, as we've talked on this podcast many times. He's been a starter in the past. A lot of people think he will be a starter in 2022. Is there a veteran option that the Steelers could realistically get, Teddy Bridgewater, that would strike fear into Browns fans? Or would all of those be fine? Like, yeah, they might be good, but they're not going to be Ben in his heyday. And that's really what the issue is here. Yeah, I'm not really sure if there is a strike fear guy left. I think Matt Ryan uh, would be somebody that would, uh, you know, that would raise the eyebrows of of Browns fans where they would see all the winning that he's done and uh, how capable and good he is and put in in the right situation with some good coaching and a good defense and a good supporting cast, now a running game and a receiving core. I think that that might give Browns fans a little bit of pause. Uh, I also think that perhaps maybe a Derek Carr would even uh, have people thinking a little bit because Derek Carr is a really, really good quarterback who has undergone a lot of adversity and hasn't had a lot of stability and hasn't really had uh, just been surrounded by an organization that completely 100% supports him. And he still is in a situation where he wants a blockbuster long-term extension. And if he doesn't get it, he will be kind of back out on the market. So uh, that's another one where I think, um, where I think that Browns fans might look at that and think, hmm, this could get a little dangerous. Because when you think about it, I mean, look what the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to do last year when they had Ben Roethlisberger, who was obviously, uh, you know, well into the back nine of his career and, you know, maybe even stayed one year too long, perhaps. Um, So if you upgrade the quarterback position there, you know, I think it's almost like a 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe elevated because I think Derek Carr is probably better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, And Jimmy Garoppolo took the 49ers to the NFC championship game. So if you add uh, a quarterback that is significantly better than Ben was last year, and I, I, again, I would put Derek in that category, uh, then I think you'd have something to worry about. Scott, anybody worry you? Uh, Derek Carr would probably be at the top of that list, a guy who can push the ball down the field and kind of give a different look that the Steelers haven't had over the last few years. Um, I mean, this offense, no matter who's there, it's going to look different. 
they basically, even though they got a new offensive coordinator last year, it was basically the quote unquote Ben Roethlisberger offense, you know, shotgun, it's short, quick throws, things that Ben Roethlisberger is used to doing and comfortable doing. Um, but that's really not uh, the offense that, that uh, Matt Canada had run or that we expected him to run it's more play action, uh, more pushing the ball down the field. And I think you'll probably see that with whoever they end up getting. And that's why I think uh, Derek Carr is probably, I think that's as far as a veteran goes, that's probably at the top of the, the fear list. So let, let me broach the guy that we have talked about for the Cleveland Browns that, and I don't like to talk about cursed Browns things. Cause listen, they have a really good football team. The past is the past. But if the sort of failed number two pick in the draft from Cleveland who goes and rehabs himself in Buffalo and then comes to Pittsburgh and like revitalizes his career and torments the Browns for the next decade as a completely different kind of quarterback from Ben Roethlisberger. If Mitch Trubisky goes to the Steelers and starts running around and being an athlete and making plays, Mary Kay, you have talked about this perception that a lot of people think Mitch is going to be a starter. He's going to get paid. Do you like it? You know, that could be a little clunky in Cleveland because Baker's still here. There's a clean break here in Pittsburgh. Doesn't it seem like there's a chance that could match up? Mitch Trubisky, who's, you know, not an unknown quantity, but also maybe has an upside roll the dice kind of thing. And a Steelers team that's looking to reset at that position, wouldn't that maybe make sense? Yeah, it might make sense. And he's got to be on their list right now. Uh, so, yes, I think I think there's a chance that it would make sense. And when I was walking around and talking to different people uh, at the Combine, uh, there is a, a strong sense that there is more to Mitch Trubisky than he was able to show in Chicago. And that was some really, really good coaching. And again, a good defense, which he did have a good defense. Um, another good defense in the Steelers and then a good, good receiving core. And now that they do have a good running back. So I think that, uh, that there is a chance that they might look at that and say, yeah, we, we think we can work with this and there's something that we might be able to do here. Uh, so he's one. And then I think Jimmy Garoppolo is another that they are going to have to at least consider very strongly because, because he can be had, I mean, right. I mean, Kirk cousins right now is, for all intents and purposes, not on the trading block yet that we know of. Derek Carr isn't necessarily on the trading block, but doesn't have his extension yet. So, you know, you have to start thinking in terms of reality and what you can get your hands on. And so Mitch would be one, Jimmy would be another. And, um, and then, you know, I keep, you know, bringing this up in relation to the Browns, but I'm not ruling out Tom Brady coming back to play football again in 2022. I mean, if I'm the Steelers, that is definitely a place that I'm looking uh, to try to get that guy back onto the football field and somehow, somehow pry him away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though they've said they won't part with him. You know, Kirk Cousins totally slipped my mind when I was talking about <laughs> quarterbacks that should scare the Browns. And yeah, he, he seems like uh, he would be a good fit for a team that wants to run play action. I mean, and, and someone who's throwing deep crosses down the field, uh, that's kind of his thing. So um, yeah, either one of those guys, uh, Kirk Cousins as a Steeler, I think would be not great for the Browns. Scott, is the conversation about quarterback search for the Steelers significantly different than the conversation we've been having about 
should the Browns bring in somebody with or instead of Baker Mayfield? Like the fact that Baker Mayfield's around, does it make it a totally different thing? Or do you think they'd be shopping in the same grocery aisle and you build your offense to fit your quarterback strengths? And it's kind of the same conversation. I mean, as far as uh, finding the guy who fits what what the Steelers want to do on offense? Yeah, I mean, just either what yeah. how the Steelers and Browns want to play. Would they be looking for the same type yeah. of quarterback? And how significant of a complicating factor is the presence of Baker Mayfield? And does that maybe put guys, you know, as realistic for the Steelers that are less realistic for the Browns because of Baker's presence? I don't know if Baker's presence um, is, is the factor as much as Stefanski's presence is because we know uh, now what kind of offense Kevin Stefanski wants to run. And Baker Mayfield is a guy who, uh, in theory um, and you know, in, in practice, has, has done well in it and kind of played to his strengths. Even though, like the Steelers, we think they want to go more play action, throw it on the field. I think last year proved that they're open to adjusting to whatever quarterback they got. You know, it helped that you had a guy who's been there for almost two decades and is super comfortable with what he's doing. Um, but I get the feeling that that they're willing to build around someone's strengths maybe more than what the Browns would do. I think the Browns at this point would want to go out and find someone who's going to do what they want to do on offense, maybe more so than, than the Steelers. That's just the vibe I would get. Um Plus the fact, I mean, you're in a conference with, or you're in a division with the Ravens who have kind of set the blueprint on how to work with your quarterback's strengths and just offense around that guy. And we've seen how well that's worked. Mary Kay, I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth here because we had a conversation at the end of Hey Mary Kay on the Tuesday pod about should the Browns right now have at least in the back of their mind what their quarterback situation might be in 2023 to be thinking a year ahead. And I was freaking out. I'm like, what if you get to the point where it just doesn't, you know, Baker plays in 2022, but you don't extend him. He's not the guy. And then you get to 2023 and you don't have anybody. And you would be at this point in the offseason with no quarterback. You're about to start free agency. You're a couple weeks away from the draft and the Browns have no quarterback. But that's where the Steelers are. Because Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, they're not nothing, but nobody really thinks they're long-term answers. And now I'm acting like a clean break is better. Oh, the Browns have Baker Mayfield, which means maybe he's still the guy. And that complicates their search where the Steelers have no attachments. Nobody's worried about Mason Rudolph. They're not going to like be like, well, you know, we don't know if we want to bring in Derek Carr because we think Mason Rudolph's the guy. They don't think that. So now I'm acting like the clean break for the Steelers is better, which the Browns maybe will have a year from now. What's really better? for roster building quarterback management, Mary Kay to sort of be like building as you go. Or is this idea of like Ben for 18 years, he's gone new guy. Does that work? You know what? I I think it's very dangerous to head into like what you're talking about for the Browns to head into 2023 in quarterback limbo. And I think it's very dangerous for the Steelers to be in quarterback limbo right now because they find themselves with a quarterback class where nobody really knows what these guys are all about. And they find themselves with a veteran QB class uh, that it's really hard as you're now seeing to get your hands on one of these guys. And there's a lot of competition. And uh, so it's anybody's guess who's going to be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that they are a team that is also like the Browns, 
pretty much poised to win right now. They always are. Um, they're po- they never lose. They've never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. So I think they're poised to win, but they're at least a quarterback and one or two other pieces away. So uh, they find themselves in the place that nobody really wants to be. So in, for my money, you have to be thinking one and two years ahead. And if you're not, you could get caught uh, in the musical chairs game without a guy. And let me just say right now, in case nobody has noticed, the AFC quarterback landscape is amazing and just got better today. I mean, think about this right now. The Cleveland Browns, you know, they've got to try to get past, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Mar Jackson, Russell Wilson now. And, it, and the list kind of goes on from there. So the Steelers, uh, if they want to join the party, they got to get on, you know, they got to get on the horse right away. Is there, is there a franchise that is more set up to just go into the season with Mason Rudolph and see what happens than the Steelers? I mean, there's job security there, obviously for Mike Tomlin, he can go eight and eight. He isn't going to, he's not getting fired. He did that a couple of years ago, didn't he? Um, when, when yeah. Roethlisberger got hurt. So you know, you go with Mason Rudolph and maybe you don't have a great record and you set yourself up for a better draft class next year. I think we think of the fact that they don't have Roethlisberger and they have to go out and get somebody now. And I, they, they might be one of the very, very, very few franchises to just say, yeah, yeah, we'll see you next year. Screw it. <laughs> I, I like Scott. Scott, we're trying here to figure out the Steelers quarterback and Scott Pascoe's answer is CJ Stroud next year. As the third pick in the draft after the Steelers go four and 13 with Mason Rudolph, which might be the right answer. By the way, let's all take a sigh of relief that the Cleveland Browns are not in the AFC West. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Good luck to the Las Vegas Raiders and Josh McDaniels figuring that out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, if you're Mary Kay, if you're the Raiders right now, I know Derek Carr wants the deal. He's a good quarterback. If you're Josh McDaniels, maybe you figure out. Deshaun Watson's off-field issues and get Deshaun Watson to Vegas if you're trying to play Mahomes, Wilson, and Herbert as six of your games every year. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you, any of those teams, as you mentioned, like the Raiders or even the Steelers, if you really want to win and you feel like you can get this guy on the field, maybe not this year, but the year after that, then maybe you roll the dice and you take that chance on, on Deshaun Watson. Somebody's going to do it. Uh, depending on what happens here over the next how many ever months. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tough gig over there in the AFC West. My goodness. But for, you know, that's, a, that's another reason why if I were the Raiders right now, I mean, hang on and do, I mean, they're going to have to extend Derek Carr, but the price of quarterbacks just climbed extremely high and he's going to want to get paid and he's not go- going to agree uh, to less than what he believes he's worth because there are, will be other suitors. So, um, so this one could get a little interesting. So Scott Patsco has torpedoed the last part of this podcast as we try to figure out who they might draft, because I'm pretty sure they're now going to start Mason Rudolph all year, go three and 14 and draft Bryce Young or CJ Stroud and then win with them for the next 20 years. But I guess we'll do the back half of the podcast anyway, Scott. Um, and you could have floated that in an email or something. Hey, I think they're going to tank with Mason. <laughs> could have saved some breath. We'll figure out yes. what current draft guys do you not want to see in Pittsburgh next on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. 
Doug Scott, Mary Kay, time for you to be a Browns insider. If you're not, go to cleveland.com slash Browns. Blue banner at the top of the page. You click on that. You sign up. You get texts in your phone as this stuff starts to shake down in free agency. You want to have Mary Kay and Dan and Scott and Ashley in your phone giving you that info. You get the extra little story every day, which is awesome. And you get access to every single story on cleveland.com. So you're getting all the Brown stories, all the combine stories, all the Ohio State stories, all this football in March. It's March and April. That's football season. Ohio State just started spring practice on Tuesday. It's football season. Be a Browns insider if you've never tried it. I I bet you'll like it. And if you don't, you know, whatever. No big deal. You can bail on us. It's fine. Just try it. If you you like it and you have someone in your life who's a Browns fan who's never done it, suggest it. Hey, guess what? Try this. Be a a Browns insider at Cleveland.com. Scott, you sent out a poll to our Browns insiders, which is also something that we do from time to time. It allows you to check in and vote and have a voice in our discussion. What was the poll? What were the results? Yeah. So I wanted to kind of gauge what uh, our subscribers were thinking about in terms of Steelers quarterback. So I asked them, which QB do you least want the Steelers to draft? Uh, I gave them five options of the five guys who, who you find most often as first rounders, you know, in mock drafts. Um, I did give them the option of offering up their own, quarterback uh one guy preferred to see them draft elmer fudd mm. i do not know how he did last year he has a little um, trouble with the cadence i think it's hard to <laughs> understand <laughs> yes that could omaha, be omaha 24 <laughs> omaha <laughs> you know the browns drafted a quarterback way back when who had a stuttering problem really i wrote a whole story about it at one point um they had traded him Away, they brought him back. He never worked out. He never was played for him. He was, he was number one. He was first round pick. Wow. He's, yeah. Went to Stanford. His name escapes me. It'd be a better story. But anyways, they did draft a stutter. <laughs> it didn't work out. But anyways, the poll um, coming in last place, uh, Matt Corral. That's Corral, right? Yes. I don't know if I've ever heard that actually mm-hmm. spoken from Ole Miss. He got uh, like 3% of the vote. Sam Howell of North Carolina, who uh, in uh, the mock draft, uh, the consensus website, kind of aggregates a bunch of mock drafts. He is most often sent to the Steelers with the 20th pick, 20th pick, Sam Howell out of UNC, who just reminded me a lot of Baker Mayfield, not just the way he looked, but kind of just the way he talked a little bit. Not a big guy, particularly. Number three, 12, well, actually about 13% of the vote, Desmond Ritter of Cincy, who I think people saw him run during the combine and he became a lot more popular. Number two, 20%, Kenny Pickett of Pitt who is very familiar to the Steelers. They, they played at the same field. He was there for like five years, so he got to know Mike Tomlin pretty well. Watched Ben Roethlisberger practice a lot. Guy wrote uh, after the combine, if there's anybody who knows what Ben Roethlisberger did to prepare to be a thorn in the Brown side for the past two decades, it's probably Kenny Pickett. Uh, but then obviously number one would be Liberty's Malik Willis, Mr. Popularity, 60% of the vote. His rise started at the Senior Bowl and just continued through the combine. So that's the quarterback that they would least want to see the Steelers draft kind of makes sense. I think it was either going to be Willis or Pickett. I think all along Uh, this draft class has not been called very good, but if you're looking for like, there's two dudes who stand out at the top of it, you know, obviously it's Willis and and Pickett. So Mary Kay, we do not need to revisit your appreciation for Malik Willis. Anybody can go back and listen to what you have said about him. You think he is a guy worth getting in this draft. But as I listen to you talk about him, Mary Kay, as you see other people around the league reacting to him, I would think at this point, 
I would find it very unlikely that he gets to the Steelers at 20. If they want him, I think they would have to go up and get him. Do you kind of have that vibe as well? Or do you think it's quite possible he'll be there when the Steelers pick? I would be really surprised if he's there when the Steelers pick at number 20, just the way everything has been going since the senior bowl. But stranger things have happened. I mean, Aaron Rodgers uh, dropped in the draft and other guys do. And you never really know what's going on uh, when those things happen. Uh, but my my guess is that somebody will take a chance on him fairly high in this draft, maybe even as high as number three. So, no, I don't think he's going to be there at, at number 20. And, yes, they, I do think they would have to go up and get him. How realistic is that? I mean, to climb from 20 to where they would have to go, you'd have to give up an awful lot for that. And I just don't know if, if they're prepared to do that or not. Uh, it, it is risky. I mean, I think, like, if the Browns were right there at 13 and he fell to 13, to me, that's a no-brainer. But to have to give up, you know, two first round picks or, you know, and more to go up and get him. I, I just don't know uh, if you can take that kind of a risk on a player like this who probably won't be able to start for you as a rookie or might not be able to start for you as a rookie. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they can count on him. Do you agree with that, Scott? And I think Mary Kay possibly has been using her platform on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast to drive up the value of Malik Willis to make sure that he does not get to the Steelers at 20 <laughs> while professing her love for him from the senior bowl on Mary Kay. I'm joking because I do think he's the guy, as you said, a bunch of times with the traits that make it worth it. And that's what would scare me for the Steelers, a traits guy who's not just going to be good, but be great. Scott, do you doubt he gets there? Yeah. You, she's driving up his, his, uh, his value while you're driving down Garrett Wilson's value. Yeah. See, we're, we're <laughs> just here. We're here to serve. We're here to serve. That's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'm looking at the consensus mock draft right now, and it's been pretty steady as far as three guys going, three quarterbacks being drafted before the Steelers. Pickett and uh, uh, Matt Corral have all pretty steadily been picked before that. And, of course, now I see on here the Steelers uh, are not paired with Sam Howell. It's, it's Trevor Penning, a tackle out of Northern Iowa, which, I mean, going to give uh, Mason Rudolph all the help he can get, I guess. Yeah. but. <laughs> But yeah, those three guys going uh, before 20 um, seems to be pretty consistent. Uh, our old pal Ellis Williams uh, did his own mock draft for the Panthers and had them taking Kenny Pickett mm. um, with, was it the sixth pick? The, the sixth, pick? yeah. Sixth pick, yeah. So then, of course, the Broncos are out of the running, we would think, now for a quarterback at number nine. And they were well, often paired with guys like Matt Corral or even Malik Willis. But so, the issue is Seattle is now in the running. Yeah. So Drew Locke is not the long-term answer in Seattle. So now we have to try to figure out what Pete Carroll and John Schneider want in a quarterback because now they're picking at nine instead of Denver and they just traded Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think when you look at this draft and you try to think about who might be there for the Steelers, the Jaguars pick one, they have Trevor Lawrence, the Pan uh, the lions pick two. It doesn't feel like there's a quarterback good enough for the line. The lions need a quarterback, but it doesn't feel like there's value at two. It's probably same thing for the Texans at, at three. They have Davis Mills. They've got to figure out Deshaun Watson. The Jets and Giants both have two picks in the top 10. The Giants are saying good things about Daniel Jones, and the Jets just took Zach Wilson. It feels like they're maybe not in the running for a quarterback. Um, certainly the Panthers at six are a great quarterback possibility. The Falcons at eight, I don't know. Probably not. Matt Ryan, I think, stays there for a little longer. Then you have Seattle at nine. 
Washington at 11 and New Orleans at 18, I think are the teams with quarterbacks. Mary Kay, in the end, do you think the Steelers are going to find their quarterback, their long-term answer in this draft? Or do you think it just might not fall the way they want to? Do you think it might wind up that, you know, they just don't love the fourth best quarterback and three go off the board before them? Do you think they really might just be thinking, hey, let's get a defensive back or let's get an offensive lineman and we'll tank like Scott suggested? Do you think the Steelers' answer is in this draft? It's so hard to say. 20 is not a good spot for you to find your quarterback in this draft, which is a weird quarterback year. Nobody really knows where these guys are, are going to land uh, in the final analysis. Where are these guys going to be You know, three, four years from now? Uh, I look back to the 2018 draft, and I think that draft, that quarterback draft, shows you just how incredibly difficult it is uh, to evaluate these quarterbacks, to project them into the NFL and predict their success. I mean, it didn't turn out the way anybody really thought it was going to, for the most part. Um, so I think that could be the same thing that's going to happen with this draft. Uh, the, the Maybe the two guys that we think are going to be the best two quarterbacks out of this draft might not be that at all. Somebody else might surprise. Maybe it will be Howell or, or Ritter or someone. So, um, you know, I think they, they could take a, a chance on somebody there at number 20, but I don't think they can necessarily count on their guy coming there. And therefore, that's why I think they're going to have to sign a Mitch Trubisky, trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo, or find a veteran somewhere. Scott, do you think their answer comes in the draft? No, because I'm, I guess I'm on Team Tank. <laughs> yeah, Team Tank. That's a good team. That's a good team. Hey, man. Somebody else needs to have uh, a one in 31, oh, and 16 you know, parade because, you know, in 17 parade in Pittsburgh, that'd be fun. You know, even if they do draft a guy, you're still, I mean, the Browns are still playing a rookie quarterback, right? I mean, if you, you look at through the opponents that the Browns have next season, and there are a lot of like, a lot of teams with like big questions outside of the Steelers. I mean, the Jets, Saints, Bucks, uh, Panthers, Dolphins, maybe, uh, but then the Texans, Washington, I mean, that's half your that's half your schedule with mm-hmm. with certainly more questions the quarterback than the Browns have, which is good news for for a team that's trying to rebound after a bad year. So I my projection, my guess is that Malik Willis and Matt Corral will be gone before the Steelers pick at 20. I do agree. I think Sam Howell's best NFL comparison is Baker Mayfield. I think he's a slightly more athletic Baker Mayfield maybe chucks it down the field a little bit more, but I think there's a decent number of similarities there. I don't think he was as accurate as Baker was, but the idea of like, you know, here you are, the Cleveland Browns are hoping Baker Mayfield's a long-term guy. I'm not afraid of Sam Howell in Pittsburgh. That's not a shot at anybody, but I just think the style of quarterback he is, I don't think that's super scary. Tiny hands, Kenny Pickett going to the Steelers from Pitt to the Steelers is fine with me. I think he's a bit of a one-year wonder. His eight and a half inch hands. I mean, I know everybody jokes about the quarterback hand measurements at the combine. There's like never been a quarterback with hands that small who's ever succeeded. And guess what? Like some of that stuff does kind of matter. We can laugh at it. It's not an end all be all, but it's not great. And I think he had some fumbling issues at Pitt. So like Kenny Pickett to the Steelers, I think is the best case scenario for Browns fans because that would not frighten me at all. So I think Willis and Corral are gone. Howell's fine. Pickett, great. Go to the Steelers. There's one guy 
that I do think is interesting for the Steelers because at the combine, he made the most interesting analogy when asked to compare himself to NFL quarterbacks that I have ever heard. Desmond Ritter said the two quarterbacks he's like are Deshaun Watson and Ryan Tannehill. And I can't even get my head around that. But in the end, and that's why I had the Browns trading up for Desmond Ritter in my mock draft, my first mock draft. I think Desmond Ritter might be Deshaun Watson light. I think he's a leader. Now, this is not Deshaun Watson. That was Deshaun Watson coming out of Clemson. Dabo Sweeney, Michael Jordan, Mary Kay. You made that happen. That kind of thing. He is a successful college quarterback who is staring us all in the face. And we're all like, eh, I don't know. And it's like, I don't know. You mean the guy who transformed the Cincinnati football program? The way that Deshaun Watson transformed Clemson football? And by the way, he said, I'm going to go tear it up in the drills. And Scott, as you said, Desmond Ritter had a really good combine. He's 6'4". He can move. He has a little bit of an accuracy issue. He's working on his stride. He's trying to adjust for that. Everybody says when he strides right, the accuracy is good enough. He's, he's completely the franchise face of the franchise guy that you want. I don't want him in Pittsburgh. So that's the guy I'm on alert for. I think he's very possibly there at 20. But like Desmond Ritter is just a dude. He's a man. He's a leader. And like pair him with Mike Tomlin and Scott, man, I'm in, for Browns fans. I, I get a little nervous about that. Again, he's making a Ryan Tannehill comparison. He didn't say I'm it's a combination. He didn't say it's I'm a combination height. of Brett Favre and Tom Brady, right? It's like Ryan Tannehill. But again, it's like a game manager, leader, winner kind of guy with a little bit more of the Deshaun Watson playmaking. And Scott, I don't know. That could be a pretty good quarterback. Am I overhyping Desmond Ritter? I think the way he thinks of himself is Deshaun, Deshaun Watson and Ryan Tannehill's body. Yeah. Which is basically kind of what he is as far as, you know, being a tall guy and who's able to move. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, that seems like the kind of guy that, you, that, that a good team like the Steelers would take and do something with when nobody else really thought about it. It's kind of like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. They're, you know, they're willing to take that chance and uh, not try to force him into a situation where he's not going to succeed. They're going to build the offense around him and, and make it work. So yeah, that could, that could work out. Um, he, he definitely, I mean, he's more, he's mostly a guy who's going like at the end of the first round. Yeah. So yeah, you would figure that the Steelers would have to make a move necessarily, unless some other team loves him and, you know, wants to jump ahead of the Steelers. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, um, that this fits with the premise of one of these six guys is going to surprise us all over the next few years and jump off the, the page and the, and the film and become something. And we don't know who that is yet. And it could just as well be Des, Desmond Ritter as anyone else. I keep feeling like that is going to happen here. Either that or they're, they're all going to suck. But <laughs> I mean, we, you know, yeah. I mean, that could happen. I mean, that, this, could sure. just be, this could be one of those years where they're just, there's nothing. But, um, but I think that there's going to be a sleeper in there somewhere and it could be him. And the Steelers are a good enough organization. And Kevin Colbert has been involved enough in the evaluation to this point, um, you know, that they still have his pair of eyes on this, even though he won't uh, necessarily be pulling the trigger on it. Uh, you know, he, he is still very much involved 
in the evaluation process. And, and he's good at his job for sure. I think we're at a place now when we think about quarterbacks, where we look at someone like Ritter and we see the possibilities of an athletic guy because we've seen it work multiple times now in the NFL, even like t- someone like Tyler Huntley um, mm-hmm. last year, uh, we saw how he uh, had some success and, and did things that made people go, wow, you know, um, when he was filling in for Lamar Jackson. So I think we, we see someone like Ritter and maybe we're more inclined to think like that's a guy who a team, if they, if he got in the right situation with a team that really wanted to take advantage of what he does well, he could pop more so than maybe somebody like Kenny Pickett. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird how we've, we've kind of evolved into thinking about quarterbacks that way. Someone like Justin Fields, you know, mm-hmm. obviously he's a high pick, but we think of him with all these possibilities because of athleticism. And I'll ask this question to wrap this up. Since the Steelers drafted Ben Roethlisberger in 2004, I think they've taken six other quarterbacks, maybe five. Here they are. 2006, they took Omar Jacobs in the fifth round. 2008, they took Dennis Dixon in the fifth round. 2013, they took Landry Jones in the fourth round. He beat the Browns. (laughs) Yeah, Scott, can you just (laughs) chime in on whether anybody you guys beat the Browns or not? Feel free. Mm -hmm. 2017, they took Joshua Dobbs in the fourth round. And 2018, they took Mason Rudolph in the third round. Obviously, they're good at getting defensive guys, right? I mean, TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward were both picked in the 30s, and they're all pros. Mary Kay, when you look at that, is it are the Steelers really good at all of this, or did they happen? I don't. I'm not going to call Ben Roethlisberger luck, but did they happen to hit on a quarterback in 2004, and then they just like didn't have to worry about it? And if none of those guys turned out to be great, they didn't need any of them to be great. Like, do we think the Steelers? are going to make a great decision with their next quarterback or they know better than anybody else. And they just happen to have a nice ride with Ben. Well, I think they, they didn't have to try to draft a great quarterback after Ben Roethlisberger all of those years. Uh, But now they're, you know, they're at that same crossroads potentially that the Browns are uh, where they've got to get it right. And somehow they've got to find their guy. And I I've always been very impressed with their personnel department and their talent evaluation skills. And as you mentioned, we haven't had to evaluate them on drafting a quarterback in a long, long, long time. So if they come up with the guy uh, out of these six quarterbacks uh, that, that turns out to be their franchise quarterback, uh, they will have earned their money. Scott, is drafting a quarterback smarts or luck or both? It's, it's smarts in that it's getting the guy who fits what you want to do. And well, if it's what you want to do and, and you're also willing to kind of change for him. People, I mean, teams didn't always do that. You, you, you drafted the guy who fit what you wanted to do, but again, more and more you're seeing teams kind of build maybe around what the quarterback wants to do. The Browns, obviously good marriage of Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, again, in theory uh, on what both do well, but man, so much of it is luck. I mean, it's, it's the right guy at the right time. It's, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger showed up with, to be the quarterback of the Steelers with an awesome team around him. What do you went like 11 and 0 as a rookie? And it's just, that's just the right circumstance. And he isn't doing that somewhere else. Maybe he doesn't have the career he had. If he goes to a different team. I mean, think about Sam Darnold and Mitch Trubisky, right? That mm-hmm. those two guys right there, that shows you how difficult it is to get it right. 
The Browns had Mitch Trubisky as the number one quarterback on their board in 2017, and so did a lot of other teams. And the Chicago Bears climbed up to grab him. They certainly had him as the number one quarterback on their board. Uh, so uh, it's incredibly difficult. And then by the same token, tons of people had no real idea what Pat Mahomes was going to be, what Lamar Jackson was going to be. So I do think that the evaluations are changing now. I think that uh, there's a lot more credence given to the, um, the athletic type dual threat quarterback. Now people are seeing the wisdom in that. Um, but it's still incredibly hard uh, to find the right guy. Let's remember the Steelers in 1955 dug a guy out in the ninth round at quarterback by the name of Johnny Unitas. And then they released him before the season began. So whatever they do, if they, they, they draft a quarterback this year, don't release him before the season starts because he might turn mm-hmm. out to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. We're probably not going to break down the rest of the Steelers draft in an entire podcast <laughs> from now between now and April 28th, but we wanted to check in on this. I still do believe it's the second most important thing happening for the Cleveland Browns this offseason. Number one is everything with them. Number two is who's the Steelers quarterback going to be. And the answer, of course, is Bryce Young next year after they go one in 16 with Mason Rudolph. (laughs) Scott, you own that theory. If you Mm want to write that up, that would probably get a lot of clicks in Pittsburgh. If you want to drop that on our website, (laughs) why the the Steelers should tank by Scott Patsko. Thanks to you guys for joining us here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast for Mary Kay Cabot and Scott Patsko. I'm Doug LaMaurice, and that was the Orange and Brown Talk podcast.